Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Before we get started again, I want to cover a few difficult passages regarding how, how and when the devil began, how he started and where it all began. And we find a passage in Ezekiel 28, and some believe that this passage in Ezekiel 28, and this passage we find, it speaks of the king of Tyre, but this is also symbolic of the fall of Satan from heaven. This is where the idea of the devil initially being created as an angel of worship comes from, right here, Ezekiel 28, verses 12 through 16. You can follow along on the screen. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, the topaz, diamond, the beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, and turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes, there is the reference of worship, instruments, They were prepared for you on the day that you were created. You were the anointed cherub, or angel, who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created, till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Another passage that is often related to Satan falling from heaven is found in Isaiah chapter 14. And it says, verse 12 through 14, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And I also will sit on the mount of the congregation on the far side of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now, most believe that this is the account of Lucifer, which was the name of Satan when he was an angel, And this also relates to the words of Jesus found in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, where Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. So Bible theologians and most scholars believe this all refers to the fall of Lucifer, the great and beautiful angel of worship. He, in his pride, he turned against God, and he wanted to be God. One commentary said this, Satan rebelled against God because of pride. Satan did not want to be the most beautiful or most powerful angel. Satan wanted to be God. Satan did not want to worship God. He wanted to be worshipped. So Satan rebelled and became the fallen angel that we know as the devil. So we're going to, this morning, review the video in scripture that is revealed to us so that we can be aware of the devil, our enemy, the opponents. First point, the devil roams the earth. The devil is walking around on the earth. If you ask people, where is the devil right now? 
some might say, well, real quickly, well, he's in hell, because they correlate the death of Satan with hell. They might say he's in hell. But Job chapter 1, verse 6 through 7 says this, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. He said to God, I've been walking back and forth on the earth. He's not in hell. He's a spirit being walking around on the earth. You don't see him. He's invisible. And the New Testament talks of this as well. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 9. Stay alert. He's speaking to Christians. Stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. So scripture tells us that Satan is prowling around the earth like a roaring lion looking to devour people. He wants to rob from people. He wants to steal from people. And the word prowl simply means to move around quietly in a place, trying not to be seen or heard, such as an animal does when he's hunting. Like a lion. He's referred to as a lion. And they creep up on their prey, unexpected. And out of nowhere, the animal has no idea they're being pounced on by the lion who wants to devour him. Imagine that you were at a zoo, and you're enjoying the day at the zoo, and out of nowhere you hear on the announcements that a lion has escaped from the cage. Ah! That's the announcement. That would be my response, too. I would say, Cindy, Jalen, Austin, run! I wouldn't say, stand firm, hold your ground. I would be like, get, find a bathroom, find somewhere, close the door. That's what I would do and respond with, but not with our spiritual enemy. It is not so with the devil. We never need to run from the enemy. Do you know that? And so often we can find ourselves doing just that. We run in fear and intimidation and worry, and concern, and oh my, am I strong enough? Oh my, God is saying, and the Bible says here, He's yes, he's roaming around like an evil, roaring lion, wanting to devour you. Yes, that's true. But God says, stand firm against him. Not in your own 200-pound body. It has nothing to do with your muscles or your or your facial expression. It's not like, it's none of that. It is stand firm against him. How? How do we do it? By our faith. That's it. But stand firm against him. Don't run like I would at the zoo. Stand firm in our faith. In Jesus. Our faith in Jesus. Not your faith in Bible verses that you know. Not your faith in church attendance that you're good at. Not your faith in your ordination ministerial credentials. None of that. Your faith in Jesus alone. It is Jesus who gives the authority. None other. It is Jesus 
and his name, his authority, and his word, the Bible, we stand in that alone against the devil. Against the devil. Not with our backs turned. Face to face. Against him. And he will try everything he can to make you run from your fear, run from your shame, run from your sin, run in hide, just like I would at the zoo, as I explained already. But, he, but God is saying, no, stand Confront your fear. Confront your shame. Deal with it in the promises of God and the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Stand firm against him. Amen? Amen. Why? Why? This goes into point two. Because the devil is a filthy liar. He is nothing but a liar. John 8, verse 44. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very religious. They were self-righteous in their own self. They would pray so people could see them. They would fast so people could see how holy they were. And Jesus was talking to the Pharisees in John 8, 44. And listen to what he tells the self-righteous Pharisees. It's wonderful words he has for them. <laughs> for you are the children of your father, the devil. Could you imagine their faces? Oh my! And you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He's always hated truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Another person says that when he lies, he lies from his resources. It's like he's got a library of lies. Look at my resources of lies. Which one do you want today, Christian? There's no truth in him. He is the father of all lies. That's who he is. And the very first lie of the devil is found in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 4. The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, this is Satan in the form of a serpent. Did God really say? That's the question right there. Did God's but word really say, does the Bible really teach that? Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any tree of the trees of the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. And here's the three-worded lie. You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. God said... If you eat of it, you will die. Not physically drop dead, but spiritually, eternally. Death will come to you. Sin will come. The wages of sin is death. Death will come. You will die, said God, because of sin. And Satan says, you won't die. Total lie. That's right from the beginning. He's always been nothing but a filthy liar. Now, there's three big common lies that Satan loves to speak. I've heard these lies over and over, over again in my life as a Christian and as a minister, as a preacher, as a pastor. Here's the three lies. I hope you can relate with me so I'm not feeling alone on me hearing these lies. <laughs> Number one, God does not love you. Mm. Look at the sin that you just did yesterday. Mm. Look, at the, look at the things that you're involved in. Mm. Look at your attitude. You think your attitude pleases God? You said what? And on and on. You've gone too far. God doesn't love you. Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his love to us. God demonstrated 
showed his love to us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because he demonstrated his love for us. The Bible says that we love God. Why? Because he first loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave. You are loved by God. That is a foundational truth that you must live on daily. Remind Satan when he tells you God is mad at you and he is no longer loving you. You say you're a liar and you speak the word of truth to him. That you are loved. Lie number two, your sins aren't forgiven. You think God's forgiven you for that? Look how long you've been battling that sin. You think God's forgiven you of that? A huge lie. He'll make you feel like I shared a few weeks ago at times, like, and you even question, am I still saved? If I were to die, would I still be saved? Have you ever thought that before, like me? It's because the, the enemy lies and plants these lies in your mind that your sins are forgiven. But if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And lie number three, you're all alone. God's not with you. You've got to figure this out on your own. God's not with you. Matthew 28, verse 20, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, said Jesus. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We need to combat lies with truth of God's word. Number three, the devil is an accuser of Christians. The Bible says that he's called the accuser, accuser of the brethren, the people of God. Revelation chapter 12 Verse 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It is come at last, salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. You've been there before? You're hearing the accusations of the devil? During the day, while you're on the job, at night, when you're trying to go to sleep, trying to enjoy your family, you hear the accusations of the devil. The devil loves to remind you and me of our sins from our past. He loves to bring up memories of shameful things that you and I have done, that we know God has forgiven us. Amen. That that no longer has nothing to do with me. But Satan loves to accuse you, reminding you of things that you've done in your past and the shameful, horrible things that we, if we're honest, have done. But listen, when Satan accuses you, tell him this. You're right, Satan. You're right. I did do that. That that was part of me. That was something that I did. You are right. I did do that in my past. But then, don't stop there. Tell him that's been cleansed and washed away by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Be real. Yeah, Satan, fine. Remind me of that sin. Fine, whatever. It's true. But it has nothing to do with me because I've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down the earth, the one who accuses them before God. And verse 11 says this, And they have defeated him. 
Christians have defeated the accusation yes. of the enemy. How? By the blood of the Lamb that washes our sins away. No, acu- no accusation can stand when we know the blood of Jesus has cleansed us. They've defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid even to die. Listen, your testimony is so powerful. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't have to be some crazy testimony of, I was once a drug addict and living on the streets, and God met me in a small church downtown and saved me and washed me, and now I'm here preaching the gospel. That's an awesome testimony. But Pastor Dale, my former pastor, used to tell me, Matt, I wish I had your testimony. That God kept you from falling into all these sins and things. That's Our testimony is powerful. And we need to overcome the accusations of the enemy by our testimony. No, no, no. That used to be me, but now I'm no longer. Now I'm this. Now I'm a new creation in Jesus Christ. Is our testimony. Number four, the devil can appear as good or even right. He can appear as an angel of light. He doesn't appear like a like a red-horned guy with a pitchfork. He does not. He even appears as an angel of light, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. But I am not surprised, Paul says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And he goes and he can deceive people. He can present something to people that looks like it's of God. It looks like it's even good. Oh, it's going to be good. Oh, it's going to please God. And if we're not discerning, if we're not understanding what the scriptures teach, if we don't know our Bibles, if we don't have the Holy Spirit truly leading us, if we're not in times of prayer and staying close to God, even we can be duped by Satan because he can present himself as an angel of light. If he just went around rearing his devilish evil head, People, more people would put their faith in God. That's all part of his deception because he presents sin as something that's good and normal and right and acceptable. And the world we see has just embraced that concept. Why? Because it's presented as something righteous, light, angelic, is how he can appear. We need to be aware of that. And it's by staying close in our intimacy with Jesus. Make sure you're having awesome times of prayer with God. Lord, I want to know you more. I want to be close to you, God. Holy Spirit, lead my life every day so that we are not deceived by Satan who can appear as an angel of light. Number five, the devil has blinded the people of the earth. He's blinded them so they can't see. They don't see. They're blinded by the devil. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world. Now, let me remind you of Matthew 28 we started off with. Jesus has all authority over the earth and over the heavens. Amen. But notice, Satan is referred to in Scripture as the God, lowercase God, of this world. He, He is roaring around and he is doing damage for his kingdom of darkness. He is the God of this world. And he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. Think of that. There's people out there. They're not able to see the the good news of Jesus. Because they're blinded by Satan. 
They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. It is only the Holy Spirit that can remove those blinders from them so that they can see God and his mercy and grace that he wants to show to them. But they've been blinded by the devil. The devil has perverted our culture. These things that God made holy, the devil has perverted them and twisted them to only please the flesh of a carnal world seeking fleshly, lustful pleasure. He's blinded them. They cannot see it unless the Holy Spirit lifts off the blinders from them. That's where the church comes in. That's where we come in. As a people who are different, not perfect, but we're different. We are that light in our cities, on the jobs. We are that difference. We are the hands and feet of Christ. When they see us, do they see something different? Or do they just see what they see out in the world? Let it be so that they see Christ in us, not Matthew Noel, because Matthew Noel just has nothing but ugliness to show people. But the Holy Spirit inside of me, he wants to ignite Christ in me. He wants Christ to be shining through us so people can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Number six, the devil is the tempter. The Bible talks about this in the New Testament. I think it's in James The Bible says that God never tempts us. Temptation does not come from God. Temptation comes from the lust of our flesh within, the Bible teaches. But you can be sure that the devil is behind every temptation. Whatever it is. Those things that tempt you, that temptation is not the sin. But he does everything he can to try to get you to bite that. Bite it. Take it. That's right. So he can reel you in. But he is the tempter. We read in Matthew 4, verse 3. Now when the tempter, speaking of the devil, came to Jesus, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Even the devil, in the form of the tempter, tempted Jesus Christ. We know that well. But he is behind temptations. He makes temptations seem okay. He might put a thought into you, well, look at, look at the way that people are treating you. You deserve this. Go for it. Why not? Nobody's going to know. Just He's behind it. And he knows what to say. He knows what to speak. And we need to be aware of that, that when we're tempted, it is by the enemy. And we need to stand our ground and say, no, Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. And like Jesus exemplified in this passage, he used the word of God. He used truth to combat combat those temptations that the devil gave to him. That's right. Number seven, you and I have been given authority over the devil mm-hmm. by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Jesus has given us authority over the devil. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, look, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, look, I've given you authority over all of the power of the enemy. Not just some of it, but over all the power of the enemy. You have that ability. You have that power. But don't say it in your name. It's nothing to do with you. It is everything to do with Jesus. Our authority is in Jesus Christ. 
We just need to speak forth his name. I remember as a boy growing up, my mom would always install within me, Matt, just speak the name of Jesus. If you're afraid, just say his name. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There really is. And it's not just in the words J-E-S-U-S. It is faith in the name of Jesus, who's King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, there's no power in letters. There's no power in yelling it or screaming it or shouting it or whatever language you want to say Jesus in. There's power in the authoritative name of Jesus who is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And when we declare that name by faith, knowing that he is in charge, power happens and Satan must run. The Bible says resist him and he will flee from you. Amen. But it's not in our own, it's not in our name. It's in the name of Jesus that we have authority. Now listen to this. This is important. In the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Michael the Archangel. Okay? Michael the Archangel, I think he's better than Matt Noel. He's Michael the Archangel. I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna say that. I think Michael the Archangel's he's cooler than me. He's closer to Jesus than me. I'm just gonna throw that up there, okay? Michael the Archangel. Is, in, in, is contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but Michael said to the devil, the Lord rebuke you. So if Michael, the archangel, is rebuking the enemy by the Lord, how much more do you and I have to? You Don't just rebuke the devil flippantly. Say, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. That's where the power is, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord rebuke you, and he must flee. He must flee. That's right. And now I'm going to close. Number eight. The devil will one day be taken care of. Mm. Not taken care of like an old person in the nursing home. (laughs) He's going to have... He's going to have his, his head wrung. He's going to have his neck squeezed. He's going to, he's going to be defeated once and for all. Right. Amen? Amen? And he'll no longer be able to tempt and accuse and destroy and steal. He'll no longer be able to do that. That's an awesome time for you to shout amen. amen. <laughs> Revelation 20 verse 10 says, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The day will come when Satan is thrown into the lake of fire and he's going to reap all that he has sown. And he will be in eternal torment. That's the reality. That's the end. That's That's the victory that we have right there. We do know that Satan is defeated, but we also know he's rearing his ugly head and he's deceiving the world and he's ruining people's lives. And he wants to take as many people to hell as much as he can. So it's our job to preach the gospel, share the love of Christ, stand firm in truth, in faith, represent Christ well, be witnesses of Jesus, knowing that the victory is ours because of Revelation 20, verse 10. One day he will be destroyed. Amen? Amen. So that tells me that we have victory. That we have victory. Amen? So can we stand? We're going to pray. I want to pray for you. Father God, we want to thank you this morning 
that Holy Spirit, you are greater within us than the liar, Satan, that is in this world. And Lord, we thank you this morning, God, that we don't have to get all of our ducks in a row in order to be good enough to come before you to ask of anything. But Lord, we can come boldly to your throne. The Bible teaches us that just as we are, Lord. And Lord, I've experienced that those seasons of warfare where it's just constantly with me. It feels like it never lifts and and, and it, I feel it through my nerves and I feel it in my mind. And Lord, it just seems like it's going to take you under, but all I've known to do is just hold on to you, Jesus. And Lord, if there's those people here this morning who might be going through that very season right now, Lord, I'm asking you to deliver them. I'm asking you, God, you have all authority, Lord Jesus. Devil, you have no authority over Christians, over God's people. And so the Lord rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. The Lord rebuke you. Yes, amen. You must flee as we stand right now, firm in our faith Thank in you. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You must flee in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would replace anxiety with peace that you would re replace nervousness with rest. Mm -hmm. That, Lord, you would replace fear with a fresh faith, oh God. Yes. Lord, we look to you right now, God. Holy Spirit, minister to hearts right now, individually, Lord. Mm -hmm. This is an individual call. Lord Jesus, we look to you for help. We look to you for freedom, God. Because you've given us freedom, Lord. And Lord, we together stand firm, together as the body of Christ, and we receive the victory, Lord. We receive that freedom, that peace that passes all understanding, that perfect love from God that casts out fear right now. We just believe that you are freeing us, Lord. You're freeing us. You're lifting up weights and burdens and, and struggles of sin and temptation. Lord, you're lifting those off of your people right now. You're setting your people free from the, from the grip of the enemy, from the snare of the enemy. Right now, I declare freedom from the traps of the enemy right now that have been laid out for God's people. Those traps must be gone and broken in Jesus' name. They must be broken in Jesus' name, and freedom will reign once again. God, we thank you. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.